Hello and welcome to the Book by Book, a podcast about the odd book or two we've read. I'm your host Scott and I'm not alone, Toby's here too. This episode we're talking about Fedor Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. It's going to be a mildly spoiler heavy episode, so if that's okay with you, continue on and I'll see you on the other side. Your listeners, esteemed listeners, mm. I'm out. Welcome. I'm out of any good coffees. So I'm back on those mushroom coffees I had last time. Oh gross. yes, it's, it's all I have. It's a, it's like a national holiday weekend here, so I don't know what's open. I feel um, like you've you've got a lot of national holiday weekends. You've we get like a few, always on holiday. Yeah. Um, I believe we get the same amount as the UK, just spread out differently. Right. Okay. I'm always um, disappointed. You guys get that Monday Friday one, the Friday Monday. Yes. Yes, we don't get that. Oh. We don't get a four-day one. That is that's the Ubermensch yeah. holidays. <laughs> peak, um, peak free holiday days. Mm, yeah. Funny enough, it's weird. Um, it's actually on a Saturday. Mm. But, you know, like when Christmas Day is on a weekend, they sort of shift the holiday to the nearest day. Mm. Basically, my work has said, have Monday off, and my partner's work said, have Friday off. So oh. we're not actually splitting the holiday. That's um, annoying. Sort of at a weird crunchy time during work-ish that we can't quite shift around, but so be right. it. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got the hike coming up, so we're sort of in training. So we, this is the first hike, I think, where we, we both took a heavy bag. Right, okay. And it, and it rained. I got drenched. Pika was sort of quick enough, and she's got a good bag that she was sort of covered. So it's um, in the rain. Well, we, we just, there's not, you just have to sort of put your gear on. Right, practice traipsing through it as it were. But to how far did it, you? How far did you trek? I think about twenty k. I think. Bloody hell! Yeah, uh, about seventeen miles. I, th- I think so. Um, wow! I need to check that. We didn't really take a, the phone and app, so I'm I'm kind of eyeballing it from from the the height mm-hmm. we did. But that sounds about right because we we came right in from it. But. To get me in training, I've basically been carrying around books because that's the heaviest thing that I have in the house. Because it because it got wet, I've just got like a bunch of just water flooded books. I've just swollen oh, no. up twice their size, and one of them was already a thousand five hundred pages oh. <laughs> uh, of like cheap paperbacks, and now it's just swollen into like a sort of like bloated book. Yeah, um, and it's just I oh, just gosh. I haven't even started reading it, and it's it happened to me before with a Stephen King book, and it just makes it a mm-hmm. bit uncomfortable and crinkly physically yeah. reads and i'm like ah oh, do i abandon this what <laughs> brilliant oh, oh my, my good gosh <laughs> look at that uh, thing that was like i don't know that was sort yeah. of if you can I don't know, it's that a monster bit. yeah that is a tomb so we reviewed in about two years listener it's, it's mm. gone with the wind in case it was curious but no oh, is that what it is good here gone mm-hmm. with the wind mm. um, i don't honestly i don't understand how you read so much. I mean, you've constantly got either someone talking in your ear, a book, a book in your lap, or both at the same time, or one in one hand, one in the other, and an audiobook going. That's what it feels <laughs> like to me. Like well, I, but there's I multitasking, read... and then there's... <laughs> but I read several books at the same time. Exactly. I'll like, oh, tell you, I've just finished this. <laughs> Literally. It's not like, oh, he just finished one last week, and then he picked another one up and read it. But... I don't know. That doesn't change you. And the audiobook, it's, it's, it's just a it's just a work privilege thing that if if work is 
on the right note, which it occasionally mm-hmm. is. I can sort of listen to it. I, I haven't actually listened to Audible in a long time. Actually, it's been a good few months. I've just been podcasting and um, musicking. Right. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how are you doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. I've just started a, a new book, Atomic Habits. Is that something we can review in the future? Possibly. I think um, I do have the audiobook for that, so I can catch up. It's it's an interesting one. It's it's. I'm only a short way into it, so I can't really speak with any authority. But it is mm. just about one percent gains mm. at the moment. Anyway, just putting improving in one percent in a myriad of areas of your life, mm. and those will ascend you to greatness. Oh, great, great, crikey! Uh, I've just made that up. I, it's <laughs> kind of the idea, though. Mm. <laughs> yeah, things. I guess that makes sense if you can you know, pick 50 areas to improve 1%, mm-hmm. you're 50% better than you were yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Now, so that's kind of the uh, the 35-page grab I've taken from it so far. There's another 300 and something pages of stuff, so mm. I'm assuming uh, it's going to be a bit more than... Interesting, yeah. I, I'm after reviewing that because I know it's my audiobook. It's only five hours long, mm. but I've seen it's, it's, it's quite big. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I've got a longer. stream down version or if you get to the back of your book, maybe half of it is just pages for you to fill out. Guess oh, that's actually, no, there's a, there is a good chunk of pages that are notes. It's 271 pages long, and then there's some notes, and there are diagrams. Splash, splashes, yeah. I guess that, that's cut out for me, <laughs> all mm. the diagrams. Some yeah. guy just going, imagine a line from A to B. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so that's what I'm reading at the moment, which is a break from is it fiction. And then that's kind of it, really. I'm watching a lot of TV. Nice. Ooh, a lot. Did... Ended up finishing Missing the Other Side, Series 1, which is really good. Korean drama. Missing. Oh, okay. Korean drama nice. about a, a, a village of dead people. that Their bodies in the real world are missing. They've never been found. So their mm. spirits can't ascend to the heavenly realm mm. so they're in this sort of halfway village and they just form a community and then these two people from the real world for some reason can see them oh, and go okay. and, and solve and try and solve their crimes as to where their bodies are so that mm. they can then pass on. that's the crux of it it's really good very emotional very shares korean yeah it's Is very it, sad maybe crying moments yeah, definitely. Because I've, I've just finally started watching Alice in Borderland, and even oh, that yeah. I would say is melodramatic. Yeah, people crying. So. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I shed a few tears along the way. Mm. There's a season two, which was a surprise to me because Koreans don't usually do a series two; they do a sixteen episode. Oh, just a mini soap. Mm. Yeah, like each episode's an hour long, and then the story's done. But this one was twelve episodes, and then they've got a second season, which is quite good. I'm looking forward to watching that nice. when it eventually comes out on Netflix. But that's, yeah, in a nutshell. Nice. Hmm. What are we here today to talk about? Toby, before I dive into that, I have some sort of questions for you, just to get us mm. in the mood and open it up. Right? Fire away. So if I was to say, if I was to ask you, like in, it, in no order, but like a general sense of like, um, let's say, uh, oof, I don't know, like Time Out or Rolling Stone magazine, or mm. who are the big music makers anymore? I guess there's none. Like Melody Maker and like we're going to do a list of the hundred greatest albums of all time 
I would right. say without knowing, you know, there's not one list, but you know, different companies and stuff would do mm-hmm. it. You know, we would probably both come up with a an average top five, like name what you imagine in a couple of yeah. the top ten would be of the greatest albums yeah. of all time. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, that's just a, like a right, couple, okay, in, well, in no order. Um, but it's not personal choice. This is just no, 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 what just I generally the greatest, can, yeah. what you imagine um, would be on the list of a greatest. Appetite for destruction by Guns and Roses would probably be a bit up there. Um, the Metallica album, I'm sure they would be up one up there. Mm. I would put a Foo Fighters album up there. Um, a lot of rock. Mm. Um, yeah. I would put a, a, I'd like to put like an ABBA album in there, mm. maybe a, something by Taylor Swift, probably. Okay, you've undone my whole argument, if I'm honest. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, what I thought was like, what did you want me to say? <laughs> what I thought you were going to say was like Beatles, the White Album, U2, Joshua T. Yeah, the Joshua Tree. Yeah, like, you like, know, but for never, I don't think I've ever time. heard of them. Oh, I know of Beatles. But that, that's, that's what I mean. Like, that's kind of the point I'm about to get to. So if I was to say for film, the greatest mm. films of all time, again, not your list, just a, like a BFI or an AFI list, Yeah, what do you think would be up there? Uh, Shawshank Redemption is genuinely always at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, Citizen Kane is largely mm-hmm. revered. Um uh, yeah, the, the list could go on, couldn't it? You mm. do, I would, I would put Drive quite highly up there. Oh crikey! Uh, Got more than one. Yeah, I, mm. I really, I, I rate that film very highly. Um, mm. Yeah, I feel like Citizen, like probably averaging in the top. Awesome Wells is, is it five? Awesome yes, Citizen mm. Kane, mm. Goodfellas, Taxi Driver. Um, you know, just the oh Casablanca. Hmm. Mm. Um, and so, if I'm finally getting on to my point here, if I was to say the greatest books of all time, mm. what, what do you think might be just a couple in like in the top 10? No order. Oh, my good gosh. Uh, top. Um, hmm. I probably, this could have been a question I texted you to give you some answer. Yeah, it would have been helpful. Gosh, I, have, I honestly don't know. Fair I, enough. <laughs> that um, on the spot. I'm, I'm sure that, that uh, the Odyssey... Mm-hmm. It's probably up there. Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, Homer's Odyssey. Um, well, it by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I wanted to kind of pick away over the next few years was like basically some of like the all-time greatest books. I would say, like, mm. without looking at any particulars, because I, I guess they all do thin. change a bit. I would say like um, War and Peace mm. is probably up there. Uh, Crumb Punishment is up there. Um, mm-hmm. 1984, Don Quixote. But what I was wondering was, they've sort of been up there for a really long time. You've blown me off conversation with your music list. So what I was going to say was, surely, sooner or later, there has to be such a big generational shift that, for example, Taylor Swift is making it into the top 100 list. Mm. Because it's at the moment, it's like, oh no, she's just like a pop thing. But it's like, okay, how long before Harry Potter makes mm-hmm. it into the top 10 list, because we can't just say, oh, it's just kids, it's not really literature. You know, mm-hmm. at some point we have to say, like, no, 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 this is a global standpoint. The, the new kid, the kids who read it have grown up and are making the list, and they still think it's great for these mm. reasons. 
So, so when is there a generation shift that knocks but, the current hundred that we all love and know sort of off the list? But do we love and know it? Like, do, do, well, you know, again, this that's list, my point. This, yeah, this list has been created and has been in existence for a very long time. And I can't say whether I've read the top 10 of the best literature books in the world. Probably mm. not. So I wouldn't put them up there. Uh, so who does put them up there? And what well, to say they're right? I guess Maybe the they were back in the do day. the lists, but I kind of feel like what matters with them is more importance than enjoyability. Mm-hmm. So that does kind of shift um, mm. what why they're up there. Okay. And so anyway, I've read a couple of them. Some I've loved. Okay, you've I've, read Don Quixote, haven't you? I've read Don Quixote, and I thought I'd like twice, it. Twice, haven't I, you? Uh, no, no, just once. Oh, no, that's Conte Monte Cristo. Sorry, I mm. get those two muddled up. Mm. Um, but I, I, I kind of find found Don Quixote quite boring. See, very, that's my very point. One note. I can Whereas, imagine crime and punishment and war, war and peace war and, and whatever peace, it is. I really enjoyed. I honestly okay. think that. I, I don't know if it deserves to be up there because it, the problem with these lists, like I'm saying, is if they if it comes down to importance, then it's like I have to take my hands off the steering wheel and say it's not. I don't. I don't quite go that deep into it. Like, I guess there's a when it's written, mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like a cheat. Mm. It's like, well, no one else can help when it was written. <laughs> this guy just happened to be alive at the right time mm-hmm. in history. But you've got, you just like it's Stephen King when he says, people like my old stuff and keep saying, when are you going to write something like this? When you, And he's like, well, I've been writing for... Yeah. For 30 mm. years since that book came out mm. um are you saying everything i've written is not as good as that it's the same thing mm. i guess, but I guess uh, his example if you look at king's like his top 10 horrors mm. they're mostly historical there's nothing modern sneaks mm-hmm. in there i would say mm-hmm. it's like it's similar to like what i'm saying is like all his books are like important within horror yeah, like he probably has a Poe there, and uh, and uh, whoever we did last week, what's his name, um, Lovecraft, yeah, some Shirley Jackson. I, I I strongly imagine, like he hasn't got mm-hmm. anyone. It's not like he just read the latest um, Bentley Little or something and said, "Oh, this book from last year, brilliant! It's definitely yeah. in my top." It's that sort of yeah. This is a book I love recently, but mm-hmm. anyway. So I finally read Crime and Punishment. Yes. And uh, that's kind of what we're here to talk about. And that's sort of what that whole intro was all about, because that's right. probably floating around the top five of greatest books of all time. So that intro was the crime and punishment for the listener. <laughs> we got um, there in the end. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting, okay. because yeah, you threw no, me yeah, up yeah, the music one. Because <laughs> my point was going to be, surely it has to shift, for example, to have mm-hmm. Taylor Swift in there. Right, and I completely you, agree, because when, <laughs> when you were putting going across it, that's exactly what I was thinking. So. Mm. Great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, crime and punishment. I, I must admit, you did ask me to listen to a, an audio book version, mm. and I never got to it. No, I um, sensed that, which is why I told you mm-hmm. to abandon it. I, I didn't want to painstakingly <laughs> text you every week. And you yeah, know, have you read it? Have you listened five to it? more minutes. I did five more minutes than last. <laughs> I've done five books since I asked you to do that. Come on. <laughs> so this is Dostoevsky's. I think it's known as what well, it's one of his four mature works that be made up of demons and the brothers uh, Karasimov. And the idiot, right? And you've not read any of those. Uh, I've read a chunk of the idiot, and then I lost my copy. Right. Um, I was quite enjoying it. Ask me at the end of the review whether I would continue reading his works, based <laughs> off what I thought of *Crime and Punishment*, which is sort of like probably average. This is his best work ever. Like I said, it's like the others Revered. probably are on the list of 
within that 100 greatest books list but not a, right. like crime and punishment is just above above and beyond mm-hmm. so they say how many pages is it a chunky book mm, could you kill someone five, with it 500 and there's certainly pages. copies my copy is a nice okay. tight physical type copy okay funny i guess sorry uh funny enough on the on that list probably competing with it all the time is is war and peace Mm. Uh, basically, uh, who's that? Tolstoy and Dostoevsky were pretty mm-hmm. much around the same time in Russia. Okay. I don't know what was in the water then. Quite, quite different um, sides of the the plane. Like Tolstoy was basically a rich aristocrat and wrote what right. he knew, mm-hmm. and Dostoevsky was like at one point sort of um, ostracized for Siberian work camp work camp for eight right. years. And so probably hung around with a lot of hard criminals and mm-hmm. was probably on the poverty side who also mm-hmm. wrote what he knew. Yeah. So that's how sort of vastly two of the different different were. Um, here's a quick Toby's Roundup review. Did one. Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's a bad one from Kim. Kim from Goodreads says, writing this was the crime, reading it was the punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, that. Nice one, Kim. From someone called Just Me from an Amazon review says... Well worth every bit of difficulty to read. The book is like a time machine into 1860s Russia. The density is so engrossing. The first book I've ever really read that had this kind of density that was so rewarding and genuinely captivating. It's a life-changing book, at least for myself. The moral, philosophical, emotional, spiritual, psychological, societal, political implications of this book are so tangible to read. It was an enlightening experience. It's a very special book. Would recommend it to anyone who is seeking deeper knowledge and understanding of the world, humanity, the human condition, and even life. Really a masterpiece. Woof. That guy got something out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is set in the uh, 1860s in St. Petersburg. Um, I believe a time of just gro- massive growth population. Mm-hmm. So it was just getting more and more kind of um, crimes were on the up. As a whole, I sort of read recently, or I heard. I'm stealing this from someone else's podcast, like one of the BBC World Book podcasts. They were talking about it yesterday, uh, or I was listening to it yesterday. It wasn't yeah. <laughs> that it's sort of written on the. It's based on the street that he was writing, like he was living on the street he was writing about. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying it was just like rowdy as shit, like really crammed, like small small houses, but just crammed. Wow, um, with with a lot going on, um, mm-hmm. and I guess that is reflected in the book. That's kind of my favorite aspect into it. Right. Okay. So it's basically about this character called Rosh Rosh Hmm. Good pronunciation. Um, Should we do thank you. That no, in but anyway? we're right. I'll just do it with confidence, and then people. Yeah. Go, oh, I thought it was pronounced differently. I think this guy's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's living in abject poverty, mm-hmm. and he's just sort of dropped out as a student as a result not too long ago. Right. What was and he studying? I don't complicate with hard questions, <laughs> Toby. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess philosophy. Because right, okay. Of... I just wanted to get a sense of his personality and where he was before dropping out and embarking on this. He what is... I guess is going to be as a trudgery through life and There's social... There's an important essay he wrote, and I will come back to that, which is why I, okay. I think um, some sort of philosophy... Um, okay. I'm sort of questioning why in that era you would... Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have had um, philosophy studies at that time, so that doesn't kind of sound right now that I've said it out loud. Let's just say law. I okay. just imagine everyone studying law like then, like a Charles Dickens right. novel. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and so he's become very, very alienated. And he just spends his time in his room with his body cramping, just wishing everyone else would go away, kind of wishing he would go away, just massively alienating himself from the world. Mm-hmm. And he he has to sort of pawn his stuff bit by bit. And he gets the idea there's this sort of horrible um, wench-like uh, pawnbroker. Mm-hmm. And he just thinks, okay, I need the money. She doesn't. I'm I'm a, someone good. She's not. I'm going to kill her and rob her. That's the crime. And, oh. um so he's killing a pawnbroker, mm-hmm. female pawnbroker, because mm-hmm. he believes it will be cheapers. And um, perspective. So by the end of chapter one, he's done it. So this oh. time, the book kind of should be called "Bit of Crime" and then a lot of punishment. Hmm. It's let's say it's in five. Is it a graphic? If it's a graphic crime. It well it's, it's pretty well done, yeah. For its era, mm-hmm. it's it's um when it comes, it's like an axe murder, but right. he does wow. beat her with the axe rather than chop her with the axe. Like he, he flips oh, the head around and uses it as a <gasps> club, if that makes it better. Oh, no, <laughs> not <does>. really. <laughs> and so it's in five chapters okay. with an epilogue. The epilogue is quite widely disagreed as like, what why is that there? Like it, a lot of people <laughs> feel like it undoes the entire not undoes the book, but ruined the book. But we'll get right. to that in an epilogue. And so he sort of he gets away with it like a like a quite a nice little string of coincidences. Mm. Like um he accidentally has to kill someone else. Like she's not alone when he thinks he's gonna be alone. Right. Um, he sort of plans it like the chapter one for me because clearly this this my favorite chapter. Um yeah. it's I think we talked about it before. Have you seen the film Um American Animals? I think it's called, with those kids from like a college. Who find out that their their university has a bunch of like rare Darwin books worth mm-hmm. millions, oh, and it's right, based right. on a true story. And so, kind of just for the thrill and adventure, because they are quite rich, preppy kids, mm. just plan a robbery of their of their university library mm-hmm. in which they get away with millions of dollars worth of books. And the film is really good because it intercuts with interviews with the real people. Mm-hmm. But there's the one scene I'll never forget is one of them just saying like. The fun was in planning it. We always we we basically go around on a Friday night with beers and sort of talk about what we're going to do and have the schematics of the library. And for me, I just thought we'll get to a hurdle we can't cross, mm. and that's where it will end. But every time, it's like, what about this? Like we came up with an answer, and mm-hmm. suddenly we found ourselves in in ski masks, robbing. Yeah, you know, the library, and they didn't get away with it, obviously, in the end. No. But that's kind of what this that reminded me of of this of crime and punishment. Like a lot of things fell into place at the same time. Like he's sort of right. getting the weapon, uh, learning that she was going to be alone at this mm-hmm. early morning time. So I do wonder if, like, he would have done it if just the it hadn't lined yeah. up perfectly. Yeah, yeah. He was There's kind of one thing, like a maniac in his bed planning it. There's a lot of him. <laughs> He will literally just fall into a fever for a few days once in a while in this book. Right. Just sort of crawl into bed. Like his mouth starts like that. The moment he gets away with a crime, he then goes back into that. Um, he kind of bungles it because, like I said, his he, the lady's, um, the pawnbroker's got like a sort of a dim, they describe her as quite dim-witted, but I think she's just not sharp and a bit bullied. Um, like sister-in-law is there. Mm-hmm. And so he has to kill her because it's like, the only way I can get away with it is with no witnesses. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really grab that much. He almost forgets about the robbery. 
And on the right. way out, he just grabs not definitely not as much as he was thinking. Mm-hmm. And even that, he actually disregards quite quickly. Right. Sort of stashes it in his room, like, oh no, this isn't the right place for it. And then it just it eats at him that he just bungs it over like a fence. Um right. to be rid of it. And so guilt. Kinda, yeah. And so how does he how does he reconcile? Because you you've made well, that the... is what four hundred flipping pages is about. <laughs> well you get he gives you give him the excuse, his excuse for the initial killing of the wretch who's a mm. pawnbroker and he's a better person than her in mm-hmm. his eyes. But the stepsister or the the, the mother in law, whoever it is that's with her, she's an innocent. As far mm-hmm. as he's got, she's got no. Turns out she's actually friends with some of his friends, like the, oh, some of his crap. people knew her. So escalation. I'm going to kind of sum up what I got from it. Hmm. Like he'll basically be in and out of trying to sort of rationalise what he's done. Yeah. Um, one is just that I will do more of this than she will. I will get back on track with this money where she's just hoarding yeah. it and she's like a, a I don't know if Spencer's the right word, but like a, not a nice person. Yeah. Two is uh like he talks about Napoleon a lot. And in that, like there are great men in history and they have to rise above like the social construct of morality mm. to be great. Mm. And I think I'm a great man. Like like morals are um a societally constructed yes who's to I'm say bad to kill someone like if we go back to like cavemen they weren't like oh i'm guilty it's like a survival of the fittest law of the jungle yeah. thing um so he's questioned like a lot of basically it's because you're full of psychologically questioning mm-hmm. morals and why and one is almost like a sort of um nihilist look is that none of this matters like none of the social construct matters at all it's all made up mm does feel like the three he sort of bounces around he never really comes to any of it well arguably i suppose it all it all comes down to none of them because he, the guilt keeps eating away at him if, if he believes in any one of these three mm-hmm. he would just chill out but like i said he's just constantly he's basically a maniac mm-hmm. i don't know if he's meant to be sometimes he'll just be like kind of taunting people like who would sort of return to the scene of the crime mission go into the room and that doesn't right. feel like the smartest thing. There's like, he, had, he sort of gets trapped in the building when it's happening. And uh, he has to sort of dive into an empty room because some painters are coming up and they notice that the door is ajar but locked from the inside. So they just get suspicious and it's like, oh mm-hmm. crap, they've sort of called for help. And he just slips out just in a in a really blind window, sort of a Mission Impossible style where everyone's looking the wrong direction for one second, this kind of thing. Yeah. And he just slips out and hides in plain sight. And so that's, that's kind of what the book is about. There's a lot of characters coming in and out, mm-hmm. as I think these big Russian literature books will tend to do. Some are interesting, some are not. Ugh. Some just sort of bloat the crap out of it. Um, right. But wait, why do these characters come in? Where do they come in to? So at the moment, he's got, I've got he's, like a landlady who's on his back, mm-hmm. but then the landlady has a daughter. Uh, he meets this sort of drunken guy, and he, for example, he's sort of talking about like how his daughter has gone into prostitution to help pay the family, and this guy feels like a failure, but he's also just another rowdy guy who's quite miserable mm-hmm. but loves getting drunk. And I guess that's uh, 
that's like when he meets her daughter and, and sort of by the end falls in love. She's the original archetype of the hooker with the heart of gold, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And she's not doing it because she enjoys it, but I mean, she's not like a bullshit, you know, um, yeah, yeah. prostitute. She just basically is like, I have to help my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a reflection on that too. with his sister because his sister is his mum and his sister are writing him for the first part of the book and it's like your sister's gonna marry this dude and she's like why is she marrying him yeah is it because she just needs the security to help him because they sort of know about his financial woes mm-hmm. so he kind of like has a familiar feeling of this drunk guy who's prodding out his daughter by by saying if my sister marries this guy it's it's for me mm. no, i can't i can't allow that and then that guy, that prospective marriage guy, comes in. Um, everyone is just baldy. Everyone <laughs> is just flipping aggro. Everyone is just feels like they are on it twenty four seven. Yeah, it's quite... but none of these characters know that he did committed this crime. Uh, the prostitute, who I should name, Dunyana, uh, Dunyana, the, the prostitute with the heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, everyone's got like three or four names plus a nickname. Everyone's got like a treble-barreled, like a treble, like a yeah, like a first name, like like Rashnikov. That's his family name. His his name is like Rodian Ramhovovich Rashnikovovich, and they will call him an amalgamation of all these string things mm-hmm. plus an old uni friend who has a nickname for him. And yeah. Everyone everyone has that. Right. Flipping pain in the ass. Um, Funny enough, someone asked it on that BBC thing I was listening to because the the translator was there. It's like, as a translator, you had the choice to just string that down. What was the importance of it? And he sort of joked his way out of it without answering. Right. I think, or maybe like, remember House of Leaves? How like House was written Mm -hmm. in red? Give Mm -hmm. everyone a colour. Yeah, yeah. And the book just unfolds this way very slowly, quite painstakingly. It's not an enjoyable book. Something I, I've sort of found was that, uh, like, am I reading this because I want to have read this list yeah. of 100 greatest books? War and Peace twists me a bit because I genuinely did enjoy that. Mm. Because I know this is a completely different writer, but it's just like, it, it makes me think, I like these big Russian books because I read one once what I liked. Yeah, And so just the, I think the people I, I compete who absolutely love it, have quite a good understanding of moral psychology, who know the mm. difference between their um, Immanuel Kant and, I, I don't know, like another philosopher and mm-hmm. who who came first and who was inspired by who and why that matters. Like, I did listen up on that. I did have some notes, but I just feel like it's me regurgitating facts mm-hmm. that I don't really understand. Remember when we did Dagon? Yes. And there's a lot of like, oh, the Jehovah religion came from mm-hmm. this and that came from that. It's like, okay, it's good to know it exists, but I don't know what to take from that. Mm, that it yeah, came yeah, from yeah. somewhere and that it means something. It's not just like something he just came off the top of his head. Yeah. So that's kind of the book as a whole. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far I can get into it. I don't know how, how much I know. I was sort of like, yeah. didn't get much emails, but I feel like the one episode we'll get is this one going, dude, you have not. Yeah, like every, you've totally every... butchered crime and punishment. <laughs> it's not made but for people. What I kind of wanted to do was like a, a sort of a layman's review of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not really a book you can pick up and read that you're just going to enjoy as a nice crime who done it. Mm-hmm. Not um, as you know, did it in chapter easy one. Going. You sort of have to read <laughs> with a lot of intent, right? Um, if anyone out there is a fan of David Foster Wallace. Mm-hmm. And you've read that, you'll understand what I mean in that. It's just it's just so flipping dense 
Right. You can't take this to the beach and get a bit boozy and read it and think you'll enjoy it. It's no Dan Brown. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of it. It's, it doesn't feel like I can say if it's good on the list because it's <laughs> 80% were just over my head, yeah. as it were. Was it over your head while you were reading it as well, would you say? Or is it just in retrospect that you're just like, what? At the end of each chapter, it was sort of very helpful to go and find a chapter breakdown of what I just read. Wow. I went, oh, okay. Like, like there's there's an interesting scene. Like, I understood certain... I mean, I could argue the same thing for the the Justin Cronin vampire books. The passage. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Just like, Mm. like, not that there's time jumps, but there's there's a scene where, like, um... I guess it was a dream. I thought it was happening live, but it was a memory he was having of when he was a kid about just this horse being flogged down the street. And it's mm. just like the crowd are just baying to like flog it harder. And the owner's just really cruel and they just flog it to death there and then on the street in front of this little boy. Oh, and I, I guess there's a sort of statement on society like they, they did because they could. Mm. And they did because the horse had run out of usefulness. And if there's no usefulness, what's in life? Kind of, I, I don't know. That's the stuff that's like down to yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I can go and listen to some professor talk about it who tells you speak to solid authority that that's what it meant. And then you have to say, okay, but if I didn't, you, that, again, is, that, you, is that on me or the author? When you read a book, yeah. you don't understand. When it's a mm-hmm. modern book, we quite easily blame it, blame it mm-hmm. on the author. Okay, this was muddled author guy, but because mm-hmm. this is like the greatest book of all time, I have to take the blame on myself, which doesn't quite <laughs> seem fair. Is it? Yeah. I guess. Do you, do you know much about the history of the writer? Was he a, a big philosopher, study of philosophy? Oh, he, yeah, he loved it. Right. So um, he, he he was writing deliberately. It wasn't like... Oh, I no, I, I'm, say, I'm convinced of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm, this is somebody um, just writing a, t- a tale and people have interpreted it over-interpreted mm, it. To it's not the uh, stream of consciousness. Mm. Like a, like the bum. He didn't just sort of get into his own fever and, and just sort of train yeah. away with it. But, so um, so there's it's a lot of analogies and musings on just hard psychology about why we might do things about why morals are constructed the way they are Mm -hmm. and like that you know there's not to say there's no fun in this book like fun but like uh, interesting enjoyable parts there's like a sort of Mm -hmm. faux bumbling detective on the case right like um basically knows he did it yeah and he's just biding his time knowing the guilt is gonna get to him just like you'll you'll come to me and like no I I don't I, I can't pin this on you but I will like you'll he basically predicts he's like within three days you will come to me mm-hmm. because you won't be able to take the punish like the, the psychological punishment yeah and yeah. he's he's quite a fun guy and you need some fun in this flipping novel yeah <laughs> <laughs> moments for writers there's like a horrible scene at a funeral where I guess everyone just gets smashed and everyone is just horribly vindictive to all like the wrong people. People are like out of revenge, setting people up as criminals. Like I'm missing a hundred robber checks. This wench stole it. Check her pockets. And it's like this other guy's like, I saw him stash it in the pocket. Like why would you do that? But everyone's sort of drunk and rowdy, just picking on fights with other people. It's quite nightmarish to read. That's kind of the oh, best harrowing. bit about it, I suppose. Like I've said with um, Franz Kafka, the feeling he gives me is. Um, more enjoyable than his plots and stories and characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's I don't know, that's kind of my thoughts on the current punishment because I don't mm-hmm. have too many. It was just sort of reading something that's just 
over your head. Up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, um, would you would you would you say on uh, with a second reading you'd be under you'd be able to sit back and interpret more of what we've been trying to say at the moment it's far too fresh to even think about going mm. into this like at the time i was like i think i've got a copy of demons on my shelf and brothers karazimov like downstairs so I was like, i'll just i'll just pound these out and then i'll get the idiot and then you know it'll be a nice run of all four mm. and i'm thinking no way <laughs> like <laughs> just the, the density is just like oh god like this it did become a chore reading this one if i'm honest right um, so the idiot i've read a chunk at the beginning and i really enjoyed so mm-hmm. I'm up for definitely getting into that. But I'm very aware that if I had just read the first part of this one and lost it, I'd have the same thoughts because, because yeah. you know, I did enjoy that. Uh, the Brothers Karasimov, I've listened to like a like a couple hour radio play. So I sort of know how it right. plays out and I, I think I'd enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That one is more of a whodunit. That's like, I think one of the brothers has been murdered and it's like a string of like, who, who did it, I think. Right. And Demons, I have very little interest in now <laughs> i've got a feeling it's going to be the worst parts of for me what the worst parts of his style and writing mm. has this been made into a film uh probably about 50 films oh really i think there's just i mean globally just like uh mm-hmm. um, i know john hurt was in a movie there's right. probably been there's probably more tv adaptions than, than yeah. movies, but i imagine yes globally like in total, like hundreds or something. Every country mm-hmm. probably has its. Um, yeah, I could find Korean version. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh God, they're not melodramatic enough. Um, Brilliant. So I guess the biggest flaw is just like it's not a likable character. It's it's mm. an overly flawed character. Uh, Surrounded was, by flawed characters, by the sounds of it. Yeah, really. Um, I've, I'm trying to wonder, like, have you read any books where the character isn't nice, but we're stuck with him? No. Can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm. Um, no, I can't think of anybody that's been absolutely abhorrent and been the central character that I'm glued to the side of, as it were. Mm, I can think of obvious stuff like American Psycho, but I, I haven't actually read that. I've never so read I, that. I, no, I'm not past comment mm. on that one. Um, I guess I'm trying to think of characters who are just a jackass. They're not meant to be unlikable because mm. the author didn't do the best job of making them likable. Like, uh, mm. I guess people say Fifty Shades, like. The guy's behaviour is just controlling rather than. Invasion. I guess you could. You, I guess you could argue myself if I'm reading Atomic Habits. <laughs> that is the kind of philosophy I want to dive into right here and now. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, not there's nothing wrong with it, but I guess the problem is like, like murder is like one of the worst things you can do in this world. Mm. So it's it's such an alienating thought um that it's it's hard like oh this is the psychology about murder it's like okay but I, if you'd have done the psychology about like just i don't know like a like something i could have been close to like, you once related to yeah something related you once to uh stole a pornographic magazine when you, were, mm. you did a dash and run yeah I, say, I, I guess crime and punishment crime. it was a dash run and stash that's what i'd call it <laughs> but i guess what was the psychology there that you just wanted it and you were too embarrassed to buy it Mm. And that the embarrassment for stealing something was better than the embarrassment of buying like a lewd magazine. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it more is. I wanted it. I was intrigued by it. It was top mm. shelf, so it was alluring. I couldn't afford it, and I probably never would have been able to afford it mm. at that age. 
it turned out that I robbed, I stole the wrong one anyway. It was Penthouse, I think it was, that I stole. <laughs> and anybody that's read Penthouse back in the, the 90s knows it's more of a fucking blog than it is a picture. Oh, like and, fantasy scenarios in time. Well, not even, not even that. It's like a proper... It's just got a couple of pages of sexual women in, but mm. a lot of it is deep, semi-deep articles about politics and fashion and all of this other stuff, plus a couple of sexy pictures. So I was quite disappointed when I finally retrieved it from the bush mm. and was sneakily looking at it on the way home on the bus that it was mostly text. Is it hard explicit? No, no, no. It was just... It was, it's you know, it's like topless. It's, it's, like it's a Hugh Hefner, so it's relatively highbrow. On the uh, scale. Ah, oh, OK. Yeah. It's not like, I don't know. It was a pornograph. Yeah, yeah. N- yeah, Nuts would be more pornographic than Penthouse was. Ah, I guess you for the era too. Mm-hmm. Showing your age there, but yeah, nice one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. Mm. You're like a modern day rational coracle. You've got several. <laughs> you've got several reasons to explain why you did it, but none of them are adding up, Toby. It's time <laughs> to hand yourself in. The guilt is getting to me. And do seven years in prison. <laughs> yeah, is that all he did? Seven years. I think so. I think there's like uh, like a good character referencing on him by the end, and I don't know. I guess Russia in the era. I don't really know what. Um, mm. I think so. Yeah, um, I think so, that's the the um, epilogue I was talking about. Is he? kind of um finds love in right. and um arguably finds christianity again i guess a lot of this is sort of coming down to like christians but i mean that's his savior in the end like we uh, forgive so I guess you a lot of this is the morals of like in the abandonment of religion which is the, the mm. moral that i guess that's what they're talking about the the, the constructive morals of you know what's good mm-hmm. or bad like I, I i guess we've had like a lot of thoughts on uh, what you think of religion but mm. <clears throat> if the strong uh, arm of the laws on top are just quite general good laws for a society, mm-hmm. is that not good for the world? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah, compass. Mm. Completely agree. And if we can just say, look. And it, surely the fact that he struggles with the crime that he's committed mm-hmm. well, when without the law applying the pressure, and it's mm-hmm. just his. His inner monologue and his inner thoughts and his inner retrospective look on what he's done mm. is, you know, causing him anguish and pain. Then it shows that the law is pointing people in the right direction because it is a natural instinct to feel rem- should be mm. a natural instinct to feel remorse when something like that happens. Mm. Like I guess it just proves he's not a psychopath. Like he does mm. have um, empathy. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, this, this kind of Has it inspired you to go and do some more research into philosophy and No, psychology? it makes me want to stay away from it, if I'm honest. There we go. Like so I've it's... had my feel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I guess it's that thing where it's like this was written on like the I guess like the, like the turn of a century for Russia. Mm. Like I, I've read like um before it was released, but not too before. A very similar case in real life happened, and okay. it was sort of pure coincidence, but helped sell the. But I think this book was a huge hit in its time. He didn't. He he, he uh, knew his success as a, as a writer, right? Um, I don't know if it was quite the financial statement you might imagine, but nonetheless, it wasn't like he 
you know, like H.P. Lovecraft, we talked about, it was yeah. not in his lifetime he, he got to see it. became big success. afterwards, yeah. Mm. Same as Van Gogh. Mm. Brilliant episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Van Gogh in it. Not really a book I can say, go and pick up and read. It's just, mm-hmm. if you want, an, a, if you want like a book said, to stick oh, in your bag for while going hiking, <laughs> uh, well, to weigh you down in preparation for the hike, maybe grab Prime and Punishment. Mm. Like I am glad I read it because mm. it's just I, I get I get it. It's like if you you're not really you can say you're not reading it for the right read. You just want to have read it to say you've read it, but mm. also just to know what the fuss is about. To have seen it, you know, so high. Let's see, it's so highly reviewed. Okay, so okay, long. okay. So by that bar, you mm. are reading something because of the fuss. Does that mean you are now interested in El James's? Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't, I don't think I thought we were going to merge those two together. Uh, and because the, they were I, just as be... big, if not bigger, than Crime and Punishment. I don't know if they're big, bigger. <laughs> not in like page wise, but is in read. Um, people have read probably more people have read. But, that's just, but, but like, it has to intrigue me a bit, <laughs> right? Like, it can't just be. Uh, here is a book called like The Tax Man. It's about him doing tax in, in his room and he never yeah, leaves the room. Not... It's like, okay, that like the the synopsis has to appeal to me a bit. Mm. Um now we have a podcast, I would say I would uh, there's nothing I'm not up for reading outside of mm. the Bible, bloody hell, mm-hmm. Toby, or or any <laughs> thick religious texts like if the Quran. <laughs> this is my understanding of crime and punishment. I don't know what we'd get out of this, the King James. Bible. I wanted to go through a a phase where we read all the religious texts and reviewed those as a book. <laughs> Structure's not good. The, the the middle is very convoluted. Um, he's done a king and he's gone carried away with this character. I got steered away from it rather rapidly. Hmm. Another one I mean, of my favorite ideas. It, though, I'm up for it, but yeah. that's going to be a, a, a surprise a Toby, today. A Toby I'm going to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, but, I, um, I, I mean that is the conundrum with, with, I guess the great literatures. Mm. Um, but saying that, I am glad I did read it. Certain arguments of like, don't ever read anything you don't want to read because life's too short. Yes. But then the fact that I did read it, did I not want to read it? Because I do mm. abandon books. There are books that I've sort of read half of them like this. Oh, I've there you go. Yeah. The podcast does change things. If we weren't doing mm-hmm. the podcast, would I have finished it? Stuck with it, yeah. There's a good chance, no, if I'm honest. Mm. When it got to like, I don't know, in between like, I guess, chapter three and four, when you finish it, like, and this is why I want to, uh, like with most books, like, what was the point of that? What did you take away? If if, it, if yeah. I was in school and they said, sum up this character in events and like purpose. Mm-hmm. Can you? And if you can't, this is why oh, I've given yeah. up on infinite jests like twice. Right. It's got a banging start, and then it just falls into um mediocrity. Mm. I, I mean, but again, that's very much like this. It's hailed when it came out, it was hailed as like the book of our generation, the ultimate Gen X book, like the like it like it won all How the prizes. What's that? How the crime and punishment. Crime punishment from the uh, 1800s, late 1800s, 18, 1860s. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a completely different time. Huh? Mm. Like I, I was about to read uh, Anna Corona some years back and I was just sort of coming across this video like, 
just things you should know before reading you know what mm-hmm. i mean like some stuff that makes a difference and i guess the interesting one is like um you know what what it means to be uh, exiled in russia in that right time. Mm. i guess it's quite neat i guess um i guess romeo and juliet deal with that because mm-hmm. it's, it's in in our modern times head we just think oh i have to move out of the city I'm going mm. to have to go, I live in London and I'm going to have to go and bloody live in Wales or something. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously not, it's, I guess it's hard to, I don't know, bush it again. I'll, I'll yeah, so it's like made more it when I do Anna Karenina. Poverty, yeah, it's like shunned and, and you're, you're, mm. you're, you're on the ladder, you're well and truly off the ladder and the mm. ladder is stepping on you to... And you're going to places where nothing has happened. If your life, mm-hmm. like, you know... If, well, if, we moved the, away from Wales in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> if your entertainment is solely like big ballrooms and dancing mm-hmm. it's like you can't be a part of that society and that society is mm. sort of your life and like what, mm-hmm. you know yeah it's a benchmark mm. and i guess a social a social status signature mm-hmm. that you're attending these mm. nope totally mm. agree i'm not going to give it a thumbs up or a, a thumbs down really i guess yeah. what i've said makes it quite clear it's just interesting to read as a piece of history yeah yeah it's the equivalent of like i know you're not a fan of gangster films but you watching the godfather just because it's like it's a masterpiece in movie making like the camera Mm -hmm. and the lighting and the setups Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff it's like can you can you watch it and appreciate it for what it is without Mm -hmm. enjoying it for the longest time i was not a beatles fan Mm -hmm. but i could always just say i well i i don't really enjoy their music but i can appreciate what they did and how they did it and how they broke the mold and changed the face of music we know today yeah as one one little four-piece band without mm-hmm. liking the music i guess that's where i'm trying to punishment without really mm-hmm. the understanding i have of the Beatles. yeah yeah um, mm-hmm. okay mm. wow definitely something fluffier next week i think yes maybe good mm. idea what uh yeah no that's a good point i need to get something fluffy on my because atomic habits isn't really going to cut it as fluffy yeah, I think- you don't think that'd be episode? Oh no, I just meant for for my reading pleasure. Right. Okay. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm halfway through the Handmaid's Tale. Oh yes. I'm halfway through the Handmaid's Tale. I'd like to throw that Margaret Atwood, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a book called How I Live Now, which is going to be the basis of Hayao Miyazaki's next and last movie. Ooh, treats. So that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I have. I've seen the first series of Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. That's good because I think mm-hmm. that literally captures the entire book mm-hmm. like the books i believe the book stops where the, yeah, where the series one stops mm-hmm. so that'd be cool. a good one yeah mm. okay brilliant um, wow I just know your thoughts fully... on crime and punishment listener yes you don't have uh, to like, i imagine our listeners are mostly where i am yeah that's not oh god that's offensive i'm not saying our listeners are not highbrow enough no. to enjoy or read crime and punishment but if you're doing it you're doing it out of curiosity more rather than, than yeah than, I, this I is here for the entertainment. Yeah. I want to understand man <laughs> and why man. Brilliant. Why? Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe indeed. All Thank you very much things. for joining us again. And yeah, we'll see you again soon. We're going to wrap it up around there. I want to thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed. Join us again next episode. And until then, spoil your local bookstores and have a great day.